Welcome to Chalk Talk Sports Podcast with your host, Daryl Duvall. Join him every week with a guest co-host and special guest. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple, Google, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Facebook Live, and last, YouTube. Discuss the most current sports news, bold, insightful interviews on business, culture, and sports. y'all got time all right y'all hey uh thank y'all for uh coming uh joining another session of what motivates you power by powering you co-host host is daryl duvall co-host is leslie peters uh, i have my same guests miles bennings and sincere mccormick utsa road runners 80 no so we yes, want to talk about you know, y'all game plan. Y'all know, y'all 80 know, y'all number 25, 24, 24, and 23. rolling. And also, something else happened this week, well, last week, which y'all are gonna probably, I don't know, y'all, you all are not gonna enjoy it, but uh, UT San Antonio is an American uh, uh, AAC conference. So, yeah. I had an opportunity to go up to uh, UNT on Friday when they celebrated their uh, thing. I mean, we don't know what's going to happen to their coach and all that because of all this. And they they only won one game. But anyway, let's talk about let's talk about UTSA. So let's kick this off. Uh, I'm gonna kind of kick it off with Miles, tight end, UTSA. Yeah, man. I mean, it's just it feels good, obviously, to be eight and uh, being in areas um that you know nobody in our university has really been at obviously um and it's just it's just exciting i know obviously you know we got the first ranking last week at 24 and then this week i think the ap poll had us at 23 so we're moving up um but you know it's it's different so you know obviously trying to balance you know everyone still being locked in um getting a whole bunch of national press um, coach being asked to do a lot of national stuff, um, just a lot of stuff to balance that nobody's had to really deal with. So it's interesting just to see how we're all dealing with that, um, how coach is handling that and, and how the team is handling that. But I know we're all excited, man. And we're all just, we just want to keep the thing going. So we got goals and we got the things that we want to accomplish, but we got to take it um, each and every day, go one and know each day and just do what we got to do and trust process like we're doing right now. Yeah. Leslie, jump in the call. Yeah, one of the things I want to jump in, and uh, Leslie Peters here, and and I always tease Daryl. You know, we started at the same institution, but he left and went over to uh, UTA because he couldn't anyway. quite deal with the funk at Jackson State. But we uh, I always tease him about that. But look, one of the things that I wanted to talk about is just being at this position of 8-0 and when you are the front runner, particularly in the Conference USA um, race. You know, Conference USA is split into two divisions. And so you're at the top of the West right now, followed by UTEP, which is closely behind you. So back in my days when we were there, when we won everything, um, we constantly find ourselves in positions where you you had a string of runs and you were the 8-0. And it was still tough to stay focused, uh, not overlook anybody, to keep everybody grounded, keep your peers grounded. How are you guys doing that? What are some of the things you're doing to make sure that you remember that the work is not done? And every week you got a new task ahead of you. Sure. I think for us, it's just to remember where we were at, what, two years ago, Sincere, right? You know what I'm saying? So before this staff, um, you know, it wasn't that long ago that we weren't good, obviously, right? So I think that's really, it, it's really up to the veteran guys uh, like myself and Sincere who, who have uh, been through that um, to kind of keep those guys grounded. So it, for us, it's easy because we've been there. Um, and this is the first time we're really experiencing this type of, uh, um, winning season, obviously, right? Um, but just trying to keep those those young guys kind of focused. Um, I think with me and Sincere being on leadership council as well, um, having those conversations with coach, coaches having those conversations with us, um, and putting it on us to you know keep our teammates and keep our position groups focused, right? Um, he'll ask like if we're feeling, you know, he asked us uh, this past weekend. He's like, dude, do we feel like we're getting a little distracted due to the national media and stuff like that? And we all said no. Um, 
And obviously, if we did feel that type of way, if someone did feel that type of way, we would relay that type of uh, message to him. So we have that type of relationship with our coach. Um, so it's really, it really is a player-led team, as cliche as that really sounds. But, um, you know, I think it's just more true than ever with the whole COVID year and the super seniors like myself coming back, um, being able to pour into these younger guys and explain to them, you know, the importance of, um, you know, staying focused on the task at hand and, and to not be caught up with everything that's going on, but just trying to take it each and every day. Um, and then obviously the success will follow. Oh, what about you? Uh, yeah, uh, just like Miles said, most importantly, because we have older guys, people who already been there, you know, been through the whole ringer. And it's kind of just basically remember where you came from. Um, you know, we didn't have much. And, you know, just to let people know that you can't really, you know, get distracted with all this lights, glamour and glory and stuff like that, because that can all go away in a blimp. We worked hard as a union and, and pouring into the younger guys and kind of getting, getting that, you know, through their head. And I think the most important thing right now is just, you know, we get this downtime and to re recuperate and focus up on the, on the next mission at, ta uh, at TAS, and that's uh, UTEP. So with us doing that, you know, that's going to be a big help. And with us putting that leadership role into place, that's going to that's gonna carry the whole team a long way. So that's how, we able, that's, that's how we've been able to stay focused. And that's how, you know, we've been winning and had so much success in. Well, one more question just to piggyback off that. You know, we got the Battle of the West coming up. You know, it's, 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 it's here. It's real. Um, it, you know, we two undefeated teams in conference head to head. It, it's showtime now, you know. And so we all know there's those pivotal games in the season. And we know coaches talk that every game, the next game is the most important game. But you guys are getting ready to face your conference for whoever wins this game controls their own destiny. So, what are you guys doing? Is are you seeing intensity this week pick up in practice? What is different about this week? Well, this week is definitely our bye week, um, so it's kind of like you know letting the guys recuperate because we had eight games. So this week is more of a mental note, uh, mental preparation, kind of doubt you know dial down just a little bit, get away from football just a little bit. Um, but once we come back, I believe Sunday practice. And I mean, uh, as this time is going by this week is we're still going to be looking over film. Um, things, the, the things that our coaches are having us do is still have, have us watch film and, and practice like it's game week. We got to win this week. Like it's a, like it's a game week, but most importantly is the recovery process. Okay. So yeah, I think, I think what he said is true though, too. The main thing for us right now is getting everybody healthy for sure. They're getting as healthy as we can. Um, but still, we're still having film sessions. We're still having practice, short practice, obviously, um, you know, with no game, but still trying to get install in and still try and get, you know, two weeks of preparation versus the one week that they might have on us. So the main thing he even told us on Sunday is just how can we win this week? Obviously, if we're not playing, but how can we prepare? Like we're, we're going to play a game this week, right? So that is the big deal because we do know, obviously, UTEP, you know, undefeated in conference, six and one. Um, you know, they're not the same UTEP team that, that we played in the years, and we're not the same UTSA team that they played in the years. So it's going to be a good uh, good matchup, but we don't really focus on winning and losing, honestly. We just focus on preparation. Yeah, I mean, not only are they playing this week, but they're on the road. they got to go all the way to Florida. Um, yeah. So that's a long trip, right? they got to come back and get ready for you guys on the 6th. So just give me a little idea. How many freshmen do you have right now that are really playing a major impact role? Did you guys have to really kind of make sure you stay in their head, keep their routine the same, even though it's about week, keep them focused, make sure they're doing the things in the classroom on and off the field to keep them prepared for what's ahead? I think the main thing is such as myself, we, had a, we have two, two, I think, no, one of our running backs is a freshman. He's down right now, but we're still keeping him in tied in with the program and what's going on. We have another uh, freshman running back named Keith Barnes. He's a great and phenomenal back. Um, he's probably going to be the next future back after I leave. Um, but just showing him how every, the process worked. Uh, we took him on a road this week. And just to show him how the process worked, I think he kind of, you know, picking up after us, um, understand what we got to do, the preparation, just watching film, just a little detail. Um, just a little background about him is just the, the he came from East, East Texas, so they're kind of not too knowledgeable about the game. Um, from where he what he told me, 
So we have to help them understand the game, like fronts, understand the um, – I mean, In terms of football IQ, right? Yeah. No. Yeah, I have to help him with that. And, you know, um, he's learning. He's picking it up. He's starting to pick up. But the main thing is just to play football. Um, I mean, the game is not complicated. We make it simpler than – we make it complicated and more than what it is. And we just make it, we, sim we simplified it to him. So, you know, with that, uh, like me taking a role in that and some, some of the other guys in the room, it kind of helped out the other guys and the younger guys to understand uh, what it's about playing college football. Daryl? Yeah. Go ahead, Miles. Oh, I was just saying, and yeah, I think we're, um, I think the young guys that contribute on the team are really, most of them, you know, play a lot of special teams and stuff like that. But, um, you know, really thinking about it, we're a pretty, we're a much older group. So um, I would say the main thing with a lot of those young guys being on either special teams or scout team, I think the main thing is keeping them encouraged so they can still give us good looks, right? Um, coach always says we're only as good as our, our scout team. Um, so, and obviously this is the grind. This is the middle of the season where, you know, you know who your ones, your twos and your threes are, you know, who your scout team people are. And so, you can kind of get into a lull a little bit um, and get a little complacent where you're at. So I think just trying to keep that intensity, um, just like it's week one, week two, um, you know, so I don't think it's too much of trying to keep those young guys um, encouraged to, or to stay focused. Um, I think they just kind of feel the intensity from the older guys and just the maturity of the team. So I want to also talk about the environment of the team now, since y'all eight and oh, um, from, you know, like I said, this last week, y'all had y'all going to be in a new conference. Now, I mean, there was Texas Tech just fired their coaches, so now there's a lot of changes. Your net, your coach is coming up. How's that? And that really started today, I think. The, the fine yeah. was today, but that still was a lot of changes. LSU kicked it off. Yeah, well, we knew about the LSU. That was yeah, yeah. but we didn't. I mean, we kind of knew Texas Tech was going to be next. You know, who knows what's going to happen with uh, 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 TCU. It's time for a change there. But your your coach name is coming up on now since he, you know, is taking his team to another level. And so how are y'all kind of dealing with that? I know y'all just found out about that today. So, yeah. I mean, he's, uh, he's I guess, with us being – he had the leadership council over at his house um, earlier this year um, and kind of just explained that this was even before the season had went the way it went. Just like, and he said, he said the same stuff since day one that he's always wanted this job um, and that he's always wanted to build it. So I don't really, not with just me being a senior and not going to directly be affected by those changes. If some changes were to happen, um, I'm saying this because I genuinely believe it. I don't think he's going to go anywhere. I think with the market that San Antonio has and the way that they're moving with UTSA and the whole athletics department with making that move to the American conference, um, expanding the budget, um, they're going to be able to keep them. They're going to be able to pay them. Um, I think this is the last year that we're paying our previous coach. So we'll be done with that contract. So that'll probably free up some cash flow on that as well. Um, but just having sit down, have those conversations with us even before, I mean, cause let's say even last year, his name was involved in um, the Texas hiring. Um, before they got Alabama's office coordinator, um, he's like, I'm not going anywhere. And he got offered a, a number of jobs last year, obviously, but he really genuinely believes in San Antonio. He wants to build this. And I think it's just something that he wants to create, um, something that he wants to create in his own vision. So I don't think we're really bothered by that, uh, to be honest. But obviously, um, today, like you said, today was the first day in that. So we'll see how the uh, locker room kind of reacts to that tomorrow. Or maybe if he addresses it tomorrow in the team meeting. I don't know. So we'll, we'll figure that out. And what is y'all schedule like this week now since y'all gonna you're gonna be off this weekend? Are they gonna I I know he's probably not gonna let y'all go anywhere. I mean with the I mean we coach don't micromanage. Oh Will, I mean we still have practice uh Tuesday and Wednesday, um weights and stuff just to stay in shape. Um but Thursday, Friday, Saturday, all the way leading up to Sunday. Um we get a break from football. So probably pretty much our free time from right there. Um but other than that, we right back rolling. Right. And I say all that because of, you know, you look at what happened with Utah and and it just kind of being careful with the players when you let them go out of town and yeah. things like that happen. Are y'all planning to go anywhere? Home? No, I'm Is staying. Oh. Nah, I'm not going anywhere. I'm, I'm staying here. Oh, y'all going to stay there. Y'all There's plenty to do. 
Yeah, there's plenty to do around here, man. But I mean, he doesn't like coach, he doesn't micromanage. He says he doesn't major in minors. So no. he'll probably have that conversation with us, obviously. Be smart, giving you days off. He takes care of us, so we usually take care of him. Um, and like I said, we just got a mature football team, so we really don't have to deal with those things. Obviously, people are imperfect. So if something were to happen, you know, you just got to roll with it. Um, and we'll deal with that. But, you know, he's giving us time off, obviously, to, to get our bodies together and kind of get away from this a little bit. But just enough to still prepare for UTEP in the, the following games. So I also want to talk about Louisiana Tech, and then I'm going to give it to Leslie. Uh, I mean, in the beginning of the first quarter, you know, you all were kind of neck and neck, and they kind of was – uh, they were 10-7, and then in the second quarter, y'all kind of blew it out from that point. So, Siri, you you really did a pretty good job with 23 carries, 113 yards, and three TDs. And that basically, you know, 45 to 16, that pretty much, you know, because, I mean, they were in the first quarter, they were in there. What made it, What was the change from the first quarter to the second quarter? I mean, what did y'all do different? Um, Tightening up, basically. Um the defense had to do what they had to do. You know, they had a broken – they missed a lot of tackles. I mean, that's pretty – that's what Coach is going to emphasize this week. Um, offense, we struggled when we went out there a little bit, but we knew that um, going out there that we had to make changes and we had to progress. Uh, just motivation and encouragement pretty much. Um, we knew that this game we, – we can make – we can we control the game uh, when we get out there because, you know, coming out the first – when we got the ball back, um, and Zakari Franklin catching that pass for 75 yards and taking it to the house um, kind of set kind of set the tone. Um, but we got a little bit too comfortable. So once that happened, we was like, we got we can't do this, we can't slip off. So once that changed into the second quarter, we just took off after that. Yeah. Leslie, do you have anything to kind of? You know, I want to switch gears a little bit. So uh, let me go over. Uh, to Miles for a second. So Miles, you have an interesting story. So you started out in the Naval Academy, playing at the Navy, right? So Shipley, yeah. then you leave the Naval Academy, which has got to be, you know, you know, one experience, and then you come, you sit out a year. If I'm not, if I'm not, if if I read your story right, you think you sat out a season, maybe 2018 season, and yep. then you do that. So tell me if I'm wrong, but I I, I try to. No, you're it. correct. Okay, so just talk to me about the differences there in your journey and, and just the transition of going from the Navy and that brand of football over to Conference USA? Well, uh, I think the thing was, uh, the big thing difference-wise was, to me, was culture and uh, tradition. Uh, you know, the culture is established at Navy and there's plenty of tradition there, right? You know, and they teach you all that. You can see that you get with it or you get out, right? Mm -hmm. um, which was never a problem. And then, Obviously, when I transferred here, that you know, still a young program, um, you know, the guys on the team, the, the coach was completely opposite of, of my old coach. Obviously, you know, um, we didn't really, they didn't really talk about culture. They really didn't talk about we didn't just people didn't act like a team. People acted like individuals, um, and that was something that was uh, a big change for me, as well as just freedom in general. Um, you know, obviously going from military school to a public school, a lot of freedom um, from from that transition. Um, but that staff, you know, they just when I when I walked into was a lot of selfishness, um, no culture, no identity. Had had athletes for sure, had athletes, um, but just didn't we just didn't have an identity. So I think that was the biggest thing for me. Um, but I kind of knew when 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 Coach Trailer got hired, being at his first team meeting that we had, I kind of he was saying all the right stuff and kind of speaking way different um, than our previous staff, and it kind of. Um, I would say mimic that of my my old coach, Coach Nehemiah at, at Navy. I'm um, just talking about the culture, establishing what is going to be, what is not going to be, and stuff like that. So the transition was, uh, I mean, it was it was different. You know, obviously coming from something that was really guaranteed. And then when I transferred here, they didn't have a scholarship for me, so I was technically a walk on for a year. So I had to work um, to get on scholarship the following year. So and you know, I mean, I knew that would happen, but it was just. Um, definitely a game changer for me. Just learn how to do fast for paying for my own classes and doing that stuff for a year, um, which was really humbling. So that's kind of how the process was. It was a struggle a little bit, you know, um, just going from a lot of stuff being guaranteed and getting paid for it. And now you're doing it on your own uh, public school felt good to be back in Texas, but, you know, still had to embrace the grind. So it was a lot of grinding. Um, but I'd say that was, that was the biggest transition was really just uh, the culture and just how things were done here. Gotcha. 
And let me move over to Converse, Texas. Mm. The great Judson High School that everybody, if you know anything about football in Texas, you know about Judson and Converse. Uh, and, you know, even look kids know about that from just the TV and the Netflix Netflix series. What is it, Tiny Tots or something? I think that, you know, they... Out of night tapes. Yeah. <laughs> so, but look, man, you 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 won all these Russian awards and, 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 and that's wonderful. But as we look at 8-0, you have to know that the game plan of teams, every team wants to do what? Stop the run, make a team one-dimensional, attack them from that point. I got to right. take the strongest weapon. What make Bill Belichick so great? He take your best weapon away from you. Everybody knows. Now, can you stop it? That's the thing, right? Or if they take that weapon away, what do you can do to counter? And I'm not asking you to give away your game plan, but I'm just saying mentally to be ready for what you're going to face. Coming in a o being able to stack these 100-yard games, you got to know that UTEP probably is going to be having some plans to, to bring the box in, to force you guys to put it in the air and not let Sincere beat us. So um, to not let you beat us. So what, what's your mentality going in, going into that as you get prepared to go into that? My mentality is like a line mentality. Um, you know, I got to take what's mine. But going into this UTEP game, um, pretty much every game, um, I don't, you know, I, I run the ball well, but also I can catch the ball out of the backfield. So I'm very versatile and I believe in myself especially in the, in the passing game. Um, so a lot of times it's like we're still going to line up and run the ball against you. Um, but like you said, it's only if you can stop it, stop it. And if, it's, you, can, if you can stop it, then we're going to switch up the game plan. Um, but most of the time it's just I go, into, I, go, I go into the game with a clear mindset, you know, um, still, still get what's mine, but at the same time, like understand the game, do whatever you can to benefit the team. Um, you know, whether that's running the ball, passing, I mean, block pass, block blocking, or, you know, going out for a route, there's little things like that um, to, you know, control the game and, you know, have us win the game. So that's pretty much my mentality when it comes to the game. And, and that's, that's, that's what, that's what it's been for this whole entire uh, year. Great. Thank you for that. Daryl, back to you. Hey man, guys, I want to thank y'all for taking the time to come on. Uh, this show, especially with uh, Leslie, I know y'all, y'all got some, y'all need some free time. Sincere, you probably need a, some rest, man, from all this running and everything. Hey, I did have a question to ask. What happened to the receiving? Because they did. I, I mean, y'all had a, you only had one person who basically was it Zachariah? Is that Zachary? Oh, Zachary Franklin. He, I guess he, he likes Zachary. Is that correct? Yeah, Zakari goes up for the catch. I mean, I think he like Moss. Every time you throw the ball up to him, he's going to get the ball. He Moss, yeah. like, you can count what, 20 people already shoot. I don't know, but that man's a great I, receiver. So, record. so JT didn't, uh, JT, he didn't try to throw JT that much. Huh? It's like one week you're good, one week you're not. So, well, it's not that. They, people, a, ever since JT, Ever since JT had that hundred and some yard game against West Kentucky with those three touchdowns, um, they, people been playing JT a lot harder. They've been pressing him oh, yeah. on him. So okay, they've been pressing him, kind of bracketing him a little bit, kind of open up Zakari and then the slot, um, uh, Josh Cephas, trying to do that. So Frank, he loves all of them. I think to be completely honest, um, okay. deep ball wise, I mean, but JT, I mean JT is the fastest, so he'll get the deep ball, but. They were, they were playing JT a little harder on this. Man, he got a few passes and stuff like that. But I think I think we ran it a lot, too. I don't, I don't That's what I got. It's like 23, right? Yeah. I get, yeah. Our game plan with a lot of teams is just depending. Like, if they're going – they got to pick their poison. Either they're going to load the box and get thrown over or they're going to unload the box and get ran over. In between, no gray areas. So, it's like how as a – you know, if you're going against us, how can you deal with that? So I mean, this is that's a that's the thing about our team. We're very we have a lot of weapons on this team. A lot of guys in my class is is doing a lot of good things, and you know, especially having the older guys, it's just been a lot, man. Yeah, their players got to make plays against our players, essentially one on one. So that's football one on one, right? Yeah. Yep. Can you beat what? Can you beat? Can your eleven beat my eleven? Yeah. So we so we plan to be in the 
when is, where is the uh did they say where the uh conference usa title it, is it usually in frisco no uh, no that's it's the it's that's the home not. it's the home team like whoever has the better record i think i, I think hosted i don't think it's a neutral location but the bowl is somewhere else but yeah bowls are somewhere else but right, the championship right. That's okay Okay. They went to that same format that Swack and a couple other years. It's, it's it's a it's a formula, there's a tiebreaker formula, but the home team, the team with the best record, gets to host the championship game. Yeah, right. Right now, y'all number twenty four, which is twenty three now. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, y'all. Hey, y'all deserve it. Y'all deserve it. Y'all going out in a bang. You know, like I said, Leslie, both of them graduate. Miles is a is basically a graduate student. Sincere is graduating. And Miles should be graduating next year, too, with the yeah. with a, uh, NBA. So, I mean, the blessing part about, you know, these kids is they're getting a free education, you know? Well, they take advantage of it. That's what I'm saying. They don't, have to worry about, they don't have to worry about student loans. Yeah, yeah. You, well, <laughs> let me just tell you, I've seen a lot of people play with a lot of people that got it, didn't take advantage of it. So I'm glad to see for sure. taking yeah. advantage of it. Because hey guys, I want to thank y'all for coming on. I look forward to talking to y'all uh, in, in another week or so. Uh, hopefully, I'll be down there for the USM game. I'm, Leslie, I'm trying to sneak down there for that game. You should. Uh, I think it's going to be a good one, even though USM. Yeah, that's, you know, that's, that's your. But, USM is where Leslie, Leslie from that area. I will say this the teams, that, the teams that you worry about the most are the teams that ain't got nothing to lose. So, I mean, Fresh. you know, so yeah, look, I, that's. Well, Texas, one of them. Yeah, that's one of them. So I, I appreciate you guys. You guys definitely know the game. Yeah. Um, I appreciated doing the research and just kind of learning your story. I've been watching y'all. Yeah, Daryl's talking about you all the time. So you might hear, man, did you see this? Yeah, I said, yeah, I saw it. Yeah, I saw it before you. But uh, but we keep up with it. Yeah. And I want you to continue to do, continue to grind. And hopefully, when it's all said and done in the championship time, then we're talking to you again. And we're talking about how you did what you did. Right. That means you guys, you still got work left to do now. So time to get work. back to it and get back to the ground. Yep. Absolutely. Appreciate it. All right, man. Y'all take it easy. All right. Thank you. Have a good night. Okay. Well, Leslie, that was a good, uh, that was a good interview, man. Sincere McCormick and Miles Bennings. Uh, Miles from uh, the, the Colony, the Colony High School. Um, and uh, Sincere from Converse, Texas. Um, I look forward to, uh, I look forward to hopefully going to that game in USN. It's only five hours away, but we just, uh, you know. I think that'd be a good game to go to. They're playing in Hattiesburg? No, they're playing in San Antonio. Okay, okay. San Antonio. So, I mean, and, and, and like you said, Miles has a story to tell, man. You know, I, I this kid was a, I remember when he was born and him and his sister, they twin, he got a twin sister. And, um, you know, when he said he wanted to go to, go to the Navy, I just looked at him like he was crazy. And I mean, he, he's the type of kid who don't give up. I mean, and then having that opportunity to go to the Navy and, you know, learning from that experience, cause that, hey, you take it. That's where all them kids need to be going to. They go to the Navy. They learn a lot, and yeah. then go to the real football. But that's what that's what you love to see. Now, now what we're gonna actually do? Once you pause the recording, right quick. Well, we are back with the What's Your Why Powering You podcast. That was a great interview there we had with those uh, with um, Miles and Sincere at uh, University of Texas, San Antonio. What did you think? I think it was a pretty good uh, interview, man. Eight no, first time. A lot of stuff going on, a lot of emotions. Um, and, and, and then on top of that, both of those guys got, they got a story to tell. They got a really good story to tell. And, and this is going to be a Cinderella year. I, I, I really believe so. Yeah, eight and no for the first time in school history. Yep. I believe. And um, and then we have to look and obviously see what's coming out of the east side of that bracket uh, that they're in. So as we take a quick look at that, 
in a Conference USA standing. So when you look at it, it, you know, Conference USA is broken down into the East and West. So we know you, UTSA is leading the West with UTEP right behind them. Uh, UTSA is 4-0, 8-0 overall. UTEP is 3-0 in conference and 6-1 overall. And then uh, Rice is right behind them. On the east side, we leading off with Charlotte. Charlotte is leading the charge there at 2-1, 4-3 and overall. Marshall behind them, same record. They're tied for first. In fact, it's a three-way tie for first in the east between Charlotte, Marshall, and Florida Atlantic. So uh, the, either the, the East is very competitive or it's not as competitive as the West, but we shall find out come championship time. Yes, we will. And what, two more? And another month? <laughs> even not even quite that. Um, so let, let's switch gears. Let's go over to FCS and take a look at the majors. Uh, particularly, we'll start in the MEAC and then work our way down uh, across to the SWAC. So when we look at the MEAC this week, all I can say is, wow. Man, why did Southern let Dawson Odoms get out of that route? You know, I, I, I really want to do an interview with, that, with, with uh, the uh, Southern. Coach Odoms? Yeah, Dawson. Because I just want to know why did you leave Southern for Norfolk State, and I and, and and I think maybe, I think he might have, he grew up in that area. I, I don't know if that's correct. Yeah, yeah he's from North Carolina, and I think he really wanted to kind of go back to his home state. But I mean, you know, I don't know. I mean, it, it really wasn't for the money. I you're being like, kind, and you're being nice. The bottom yeah. line, he was appreciated at Norfolk State, right? He was underappreciated at Southern. Oh, so you and think he was passionate, man, because the only team he had managed to beat in the nine years he was at Southern was all going for the SWAC championship. Look, the man has had a winning record, has never lost more than three games in a season in the nine years he's been there, and you give the man the blues. So all I got to say is Southern, how you like me now? Because <laughs> Dawson is looking really good in Norfolk State. And Southern is out of the swag race for all, all purposes. So how you like me now? You know, and the old Kumo D song. So be, go back into there. That so. would be funny. I would think, I think Norfolk, either Norfolk or South Carolina State will be in the MIAC championship. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting because those two will meet head to head the last game of the year. Oh, they will. Oh, yeah, that's right. They will. Yes, they will. And so... The question becomes with Norfolk State, they like to put points on the board. They like to throw that ball around, which is actually shows you Coach Odom's ad adaptivity to adapt to the talent that he has. Because when he was the Southern, he was known as ground and pound. So he really adapts to the talent that he has. But the question becomes, we know South Carolina is a blue blood of the MEAC. Right. They know how to play in the MEAC in November and late October. Playing in the MEAC in October and November is a lot different than playing in the SWAC in October and November. It's cold up there, bro. Yep. They get snow up there. Bro. So the question is, can Norfolk State offense still stay as effective in November as they have been so far this year? Being that they're throwing the ball around. Can you do that in November when the winds are high and it's super cold. That we'll see. We shall see. Yes, we will. I mean, again, you know, just going by the recap, I mean, Norfolk State beat up on Howard 45 to 31. Yeah. And, and, and um, I mean, Howard kind of stayed in there. Um, and well, so, let's put it this way. You've been mild again. They turned <laughs> Howard coming into a home going. Which seems to be the theme around HBCUs this year. Is your homecoming going to be a homecoming or a home going? Right. And it's been a home going. Now, Jack State is the only one that's been a homecoming. Right. If you go to Baton Rouge, they, it's a home going. Right. If you go to Alabama AM, it was a home going. Right. So, I, you know, now Alabama State won this homecoming, but Howard did not. And, you know, so when you look at this, man, you got to really look at 
the MEAC race, as it goes down to the final inches and the final weeks of that race, I think you're really looking at a two-headed monster between Norfolk State and South Carolina State. And when those two big dogs meet, we'll see who's the real dog and who's the cat. That's gonna be that's gonna tell the that's gonna be the tale of, of the MEAC conference right there. So, so so what do you what do you think about? I mean, how do you feel about where MEAC football is going? I mean, where the MEAC conference in the football. You know, basketball, they 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 are right. But football, I mean, they only have what six teams. And I mean, you know, it's like you're playing a lot of out of conference and then you're going back into your conference. And the question is, will the MEAC survive because of everything that's going on? What is your thoughts? I'm going to be honest with you. I, I think that ultimately, and despite what they say, but I think ultimately you, you, you really, the MEAC and the SWAC needs to probably really find a way to combine. The SWAC has become a super conference. Um, I think Tennessee State will even look harder at the SWAC now uh, than ever before because, you know, the only way they're going to get that support they need and fan support is they got to be playing a SWAC school where it means something. The schools that they play, I'm sorry, but it just doesn't make you the fan want to come see the game uh, in Ohio Valley. So, you know, Jacksonville State is left there. Um, you know, so I – I think it's going to be some movement around uh, either Tennessee State, is, either the MEAC needs to be on a recruiting circuit. I don't think the answer is to move Division IIs up to Division I. Uh, as we've seen what happened to Savannah State when they tried that move several years ago, when they had to end up going back down because it's just a different level. Uh, there's a whole lot of things that a university has to do when they move up that level, not just in football, but not all the other sports to be compliant. And so, and then can you fund 65 scholarships? Because in Division II, you don't have 65 scholarships. So all of that comes into play, right? So I, I, I don't know how long they can survive at a six-conference league. The other question becomes, if you look at the league now, you ask FAMU and you ask Bethune-Cookman how tough it is in the sweat. It's a good brand of football. It's, 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 it's it's tough football, and anybody can beat you. The swag has got to a point that literally anybody can beat anybody on any given Saturday in the swag. Even Mississippi Valley. Even Mississippi Valley. And has beat somebody. Right. So, I, I mean, look, they turned Bethune-Cookman's homecoming into a homegrown. Valley. <laughs> Valley, the school that everybody played on homecoming. Right. Up on the time. Is now spoiling homecoming. So, the SWAC is not the SWAC of yesterday. If you look at what's happening in the Prairie View and what Coach Dooley is doing down there, you look at what's happening as FAMU comes in, which was a juggernaut of the MEAC, they come into the SWAC. Hey, they still having a good season, but they may find themselves outside looking in because they, they got to hope Jackson State loses to fit in them to even get a chance to get back in the picture. That's how competitive the SWAC East is in general. And it's just that way all the way around. So the swag is that way where there is, I mean, look, even Texas Southern beat Southern. When's the last time that happened? That, that, that's, that's been a long time. But Texas you know, Southern. So it's the grandma be day and them. So right. it's, it's, it's a different vibe. And I think there's a lot of talent in the swag. And I think with the recruiting that schools are going to do this year, it's going to be even more competitive next year. And trust me, put this on wax. But Thune Cookman will be back next year. They had a lot of outside issues that really is, is contributing to the problems they're having. But that's a talented football team. And I guarantee you Coach Sims ain't going nowhere. And I guarantee the Bethune-Cookman you see next year will come to play. And so we go kind of go back to that. So you feel that, I mean, eventually they need to, they kind of need to merge together uh, to be successful. I think it's the only way that me survives. I think it's the only way that MEAC survives. And then you literally split up into an East and West conference, and then you have a true conference championship at a neutral location. And you, and, and you, and because what it does now, it expands your recruiting footprint. Because now you can recruit from, from the East Coast to the West. So 
you know, it, that's, and then you make the, you know, you make the, the commissioner of the MEAC, uh, you know, MEAC, you know, commissioner of MEAC, uh, SWAC East and McCullen SWAC West, or however you do it. But I think ultimately you're going to have one super conference that could really thrive and could really change the game. I mean, I think that's really what you need to, because if you do that, what is it, 12 teams in the SWAC or 14 teams? What, what's the SWAC right now? 14 or 12? Uh, I think it might be 14. I think it's 14. Well, they were 12, and then they added the other two, right? So that's 14. So then if you add six, they got, you got a 20-team conference. So now you got 10. So it, that's a super conference. Now you, you know... So now you got a true battle in the East and the West just to get out of there. And your recruiting footprint is larger. Your marketing is larger. So now you can truly change the game. And now we can see moves like creating your own mega network like the SEC, but now you got a network. It's only 12. Okay, so it's only 12. So that would make it 18 teams if the MEAC can emerge, right? So why not? Then if you bring Tennessee State over, one more, you can get to 20 easy. I, I just don't understand why Tennessee won't. I mean, they want to be independent. They want to be, but I mean, it just, I think it's a bad move, and I think they're hurting financially for it right now. You saw Eddie George's post. He was very disappointed how many people go to the game because nobody goes to the Tennessee State home game. Right. I mean, that's embarrassing. You playing in Titan Stadium and nobody goes to the game. <laughs> that's embarrassing. So. Yeah. But if you play Jackson State in Memphis, we done to sell it out. So that's telling you something. <laughs> you got to play where you're going to draw. You know, I'm sorry. Nobody's going to see you play Tennessee Mark. Because they probably got, you think they got more, they got more JSU people there. Am I right? They got just as many JSU people in Memphis as they do uh, Tennessee State. Well, in Texas, up here in Dallas, we got more Southern people. But yeah. we got Tennessee, Tennessee. Uh, Texas Southern, but more Southern people come out and and actually uh, contribute to the games or go to the games. And as opposed to TSU, they tend they tend to be very quiet. They don't. Well, I mean, think about it. When if they had a reason to come to the game? Yeah, because they ain't. Hey, <laughs> right. they ain't had a reason to come to the games since Michael Strahan was there. Right. So uh, you know, it's all relevant, right? So when you look, Grambling has a strong alumni. There's a lot of people from Grambling here because it's so close in proximity. A lot of Jackson State people here. You know, you're talking about a six hour radius. So that's not surprising, but I think that's how, that's the only way I see the MEAC surviving long-term and keeping its culture. Because otherwise you're looking at folding. So you might as well merge with the HBCU brand and super conference and keep your legacy and keep your culture. Can you imagine? Can you imagine the celebration bowl, what that does? If it's not one conference and you got this mega bowl, it's not the swag against the MIAC, now the celebration bowl becomes the championship bowl. I mean, there's so many things you can do with that, right? Now you can spin off and have your number two, three, four teams going into the FCF playoffs if you chose to do that. Right. It would be, I mean, the celebration bowl, especially being in Atlanta, because they got all mixture of all HBCU Everybody got alumni in Atlanta. Right. <laughs> so let's kind of fast forward going to next week's games. Okay. So what's your thought of Jack State playing Mississippi Valley this week? Man, that's a game that I worry about. I just, I just be honest with you because Valley is not the Valley of Oak. Valley is led by a Jackson State alumnus, a former player. He knows how to play tough. He's going to have them ready to play. Valley is always ready to play when they play us. So you know, I am, we've got to get on them and we've got to get on them early. And so with a team like Valley, you need to jump up on them early. You don't need to let them believe they can hang in the game. You don't want a close game with Valley because you just might find yourself on the losing end of that. And then you got to, you know, we talk about UAPB, they're going to Texas Southern, but I mean, they just having some problems this year. They're just, I mean, the team, I was listening to one coach and it's like, I mean, you get beat up so bad, you know, you're, you're, you're it's like, am I going to win a, a game? And then you play Arkansas, which is stupid, or why you would play a Arkansas team in the middle of the schedule 
not in the beginning. And now your guys have been beat up morally, physically, mentally. And I mean, now they're playing Texas Southern. And so Texas Southern's already beat Southern. And it's just like, hey, I mean, when is this? Let me let me this? let me put it to you real simple. We might have thought Doc Gamma went on the hot seat, but let me tell you something. If UAPB went needs a win in the worst kind of way. In the worst kind of way. Because they are totally demoralized. They've pretty much given up on the season. Right. They are they have mentally checked out. And for them to lose it to and for Texas Southern, this is a big game. Because Texas, this is the chance for Texas Southern to finally show they're not the doorman of the sweat. Right. So now, if they win this game, they're in that middle tier of the sweat. So that means they're trending upward. And UAPB is trending back. And that's been a knack, knock on UAPB all along. They have one sensational year, and then next season, they're back being UAPB of old. So can they consistently be good? And if you look at their history, they've never consistently been able to be good. Oh, UAPB? Mm-hmm. And so, so you feel Doc Gamble is on his, his job? I mean, he's only been there. If he loses to Texas Southern, he's on the high seat. He's only, he's only been there two years. You don't understand what I'm saying. Let me let me let me let me repaint the picture. <laughs> here's why here's why Southern coaches don't get fired. He lost to Texas Southern. You don't lose to Texas Southern. Then when you got a chance to redeem yourself, you lose homecoming to Prairie View. You gone. You might as well call the U-Haul company now. Hey, everybody on your staff, because they clean the house. You all gone. That's how it works. We're talking about Southern. We're talking about the powerhouse, as they like to call them. Southern, the guy only been there a year, and he already, you ready to give listen, it up? Listen, why do you think they gave him the title interim head coach and not head coach? Because they weren't sure when they hired him. But they gave him a chance. So the only, way, the only way you get that interim tag off in Southern, you've got to win. What was the one knock on Dawson Owens? He couldn't win what? The, the, the major champion. He couldn't champion. win the championship. He couldn't win the swag championship. Uh, Dude, you not only not win the swag championship, you can't even beat Texas Southern. Yeah. But hey, Texas Southern ain't nothing. They got a coach. They starting to get some players. I mean, you know. But to a Southern alumni, they don't care. That's like kryptonite. You just, you lost a hoop. Come on, man. Wait, you so, know, as a Jackson State alumnus, who are the two teams we just don't want to lose to? We don't want to lose the Alcorn. We don't want to lose the Valley. Really one more that we darn sure don't want to lose to. Grambling State? No, Southern. Oh, that's right. Well, I mean, Southern is the main one is, is Alcorn State. That's the main one. But Southern, see, Alcorn is a friendly rivalry. It's a friendly rivalry. Southern is not. We don't like each other. <laughs> yeah. Not for 60 minutes. We don't. It's just it's just what it is. So uh Alcorn friendly rapper. We can lose and still be peaceful. You you got you got husband wives, the one with the Alcorn, one with the Jackson. It's friendly. Not right. Southern. There's nothing friendly about the rivalry between Jackson and Southern. There's nothing friendly about the rivalry between the boom and the jukebox. Ain't nothing friendly. So who do you who, who do you think gonna be in a celebration boat? What is your prediction? So, and there you might have to help me on this because I was trying to look up. We got the question um, on our chat line. We got the question and on our Facebook page and chat group is how is it calculated? Because it's not as simple. Because if Jackson State beat Valley, they have beat everybody in the East, so they've won all the East games. But it's not as simple. So there's eight games that count. What are the eight games that count actually? I mean, is what I was trying to determine because Jackson State still won't, won't, will not have clinched a berth in the Swag Championship game, even though they beat everybody in the East. So, so what are you saying is Jackson State cannot go to the, they, they, there's going to be a person from the East and a person from the West, right? Right. And so if they basically, from this point on, they're eight and one, the only game they lost was a non conference game. That's true. So if they basically win every other every game from this point, they should be already. Well, if that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying if they beat Valley this week, then they have beat every team in the East. So they're undefeated. Right. Nobody in the East can beat it. 
Right. But to my understanding, that alone does not get them a berth in this in the Swag Championship game. But what? But I mean, how can you be? How can you not? Because you, you if you won every game and you go, they got what three more games left. My understanding is that there are eight games that count that are factored into. So I'm thinking if it's eight games that count, then maybe that all coin and Southern game count. I don't know. I'm not sure. I have to have you check the rule book on that one um, to see how that works. I, I just know that I'm just thinking that if they go, they win every game from this point on, they should be automatic. Yeah, if they win every game, there's no doubt they go. But I'm saying if after they if they beat Valley this weekend, they have beat every team in the East, so they would be undefeated in the East. They would have beat all the teams in the East. So so if they and if Perryview continues doing what they were doing, it would be Perryview against Jackson State. Right, right. But Prairie View and Alcorn are on a collision path with each other. Right. So that's the problem. It might be Jack State and Al. So that means Jack State will play Alcorn twice. Is that yeah, right? It could happen. I mean, they play Perryview. They play Perryview twice. They didn't play Perryview this year. Did they? No, Jack State didn't play Perryview this year. Okay, but they, they didn't play UAPB this year. So listen. You literally could have a situation where Jackson State and Alcorn are playing in the Soul Bowl for home field rights to host this white championship game. Uh, so I'm looking at the thing, and Perryview is 5-0 and in the conference. Jackson State is 4-0. and Why is that? Because Perryview is oh, That's right, because Jackson State had a bye week. That's right. Jackson State had a bye week. That's right. Prairie View did too, but Prairie View has played more SWAT games than Jackson State. Oh. Let's see, Jackson State number, uh, the percentage is 8.57, which is the same. And then Alcorn State. But Florida AM is is, is is creeping back up there, man. Florida AM is right on our heels, right? But but as long as Jackson State keeps winning, Florida AM can't do anything. Yeah, Florida. Because right. Florida AM needs Jackson to lose twice for them to get in. And they would have to win out. But keep in mind, Florida AM still has to play Southern. Um, they still got uh, UAPB, I think, coming to town. No, uh, who does fan? Florida AM plays Grambling this week. So Florida AM got to play Grambling. They got to play Mississippi Valley this weekend. There's one, two, three, four, five games. Left, so they got to play Valley, Grambling, Southern, Pine Bluff, and Bethune Cookman. Bethune Cookman, hey, we never know. They might, they might start coming up as a uh, that Arkansas Pine Bluff. They might start waking up again. Southern, that's gonna be the Grambling State is pretty good now, you know. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, Jackson State is Valley this week. Then Texas Southern comes to town. Then they go to Southern, and then they got, and then they have Alco. So, you know, and you know when Jackson State and Southern play anything now, right? And so is that is are you going to the Alco game? Yes. I oh, so you can be at the Alco game, huh? I plan on being there for that. Oh, I'm gonna have to ride on your coattails to that Alco game. That's the game I want to go to. Unfortunately, it's gonna be a good one. It's gonna be a good one. Yeah, it is. That is. It is. So yeah. when you look at it, if you look at the SWAC East, Jackson State is four and zero. Perfect and SWAC plays six and one overall, um, and then FAMU is right behind us with three one, but we have the head to head over FAMU. And then you got Alabama State and some others that are further down. So, fam, you is just a game back. Oh. Prairie View uh, in the West. Prairie View is taking control in the West. They're tied with all going in the West for first. And then you, you know, and then you got Gremlin and Southern and all sitting there two and two and Texas Southern one and three. And UAPB is winless in the conference. And they're one and six on the season. So basically, right now, this this is party time. Right now, taking the popcorn. It's ready to. It's down here now, huh? 
Well, I wouldn't say that. Yeah. I mean, Jack State still got work to do. They 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 got to take care of Valley first. And Valley is going to be a formidable opponent. Valley's going to bring it. Uh, if we look at this week, um, just looking around the conference this week, I'll tell you what we have. So if I, if I give me a second to pull that up, and I'll tell you what we're looking like around the conference this week. We have around the conference this week, going into week nine, we have UAPB travels to Houston to play Texas Southern. That game is um, going to be in Houston. Then we have, and that's going to be on ESPN Plus. And we have Alabama AM and Alabama State in the Magic City Classic. And that's really for bragging rights at this point. That's a big game. That's on ESPN3. That game is at Birmingham and Legion Field. And then at three o'clock, you got Gremlin traveling to Tallahassee to play FAMU. That's on ESPN Plus as well. And then Jackson State travels to Itabina, Rice Titan Stadium, to play Valley. Uh, and those Delta Devils. And so uh, finishing off, Alcorn will uh, travel down to Baton Rouge to play Southern at AW Month. And that game will not be on TV Valley, right? Yeah, it'll be on Valley's YouTube uh, broadcast. Oh, Valley has a YouTube broadcast? Yes. Why doesn't JSU have a YouTube broadcast? Well, we're not getting JSU has a network. <laughs> you and we and we pay to watch the games and be part of a network, sir. Oh. That's, what, that's what we do as alumni. Yes, you don't have. I mean, yes, you have that. Well, that ain't one. They gotta put their games up there for free just to get somebody watching. <laughs> uh, need I need I remind you that we put 55,000 people in the stands more than more than any of your schools. Yes, more than anybody in the FCS. More than a lot of people in the FBS. Oh, I'm a little bit true. I, I need to tell uh, Dion Sanders. You, 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 you are. You, you need to work with him. He can really. Well, help. well the facts of the matter: the largest homecoming crowd ever in Memorial Stadium, fifty-five thousand three hundred seventy-eight, and I was one of them. So I know what it felt like because I was there. Wow. And I'm telling you, <laughs> look at the numbers. We've we've led FCS in attendance. For the last 40 years, even when we were losing. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You know, so, so I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. I remember my old days when I, me and my brother were ball boys on the yeah. field. You remember looking at the stadium? The state side was always packed. It'd be the visitor side of one pack. But when I tell you as we get homecoming, <clears throat> Jack said people can fit on Jack State side. So we had to go to the other side. It was full. It was full. It was full. Unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to enjoy that moment of uh, Jack State homecoming. Well, let's wrap this thing up there. But it's been a great night, great podcast, great episode. Uh, um, as you finish, let's get your predictions for the week. Uh, let's go through these games right one more time in the SWAT and get your predictions. Then we go to the MEAC. We'll wrap it up with the MEAC. All right. Starting with the SWAT, Arkansas Pine Bluff and Texas Southern. What's your pick? I mean, I'm saying Texas Southern, but I mean, I, I'm, you know, like you said, UAPB is pretty much done. They, they I got, I got Texas Southern and Andrew Body to to put to put UAPB to sleep. <laughs> yeah, Alabama a And M and Alabama State Magic City Classic. You know what? I'm going with, uh, I'm going with uh, Alabama State because I mean, too. I got Alabama State to find it. Get right. their daddy, get their daddy's shoes suit back, because because they've been getting wore out for years, and I think it's time for Alabama State to return the faith. So I got Alabama State in the upset in the Major City Classic. Gremlin and FAMU. Gremlin travels to FAMU. Who yeah? And it's FAMU's homecoming. It is. Yep. I got Florida and All right, you're taking Florida. A&M. I'm gonna take Gremlin in the upset there. You want to take Grammy upset? Make yep. sure Jackson State and Mississippi Valley. I will never ever go against D. I love. Hey, you know I'm a gonga with Jackson State because I mean this is a, but you never know. You never know. Never know, but I think at the end of the day, Jackson State just has too much talent, too many playmakers, and and at the end of the day, they'll take it. And then uh, Arkansas State versus Southern finishing it up. 
I, I think, uh, you know what? I'm, I'm trying to go with my alcorn. I'm going to go with alcorn, you know? That's what I'm going with. Okay. All right. The last few to get, uh, we go to the MIAC where we only have three games because there's only six teams. Howard and Delaware State. Howard, uh, Howard, I think Delaware State, because they on a, they, they, they I, I was talking to the coach and he wasn't in a good, I mean, I just think Delaware State probably got a chance. All right. I got Delaware State in that one too. Morgan State and Norfolk State. Morgan State and which one? Norfolk State. Thousand Oaks. Man, I would love to go with Norfolk State and Morgan State because they ain't won a game yet. Uh, but Norfolk State is just going to blow them out. I'm just going to tell you right this. Tyron Wheatley, you're going to have to keep waiting. You're 0-7, you'll be 0-8 after this week. Norfolk State is going to give you a whooping, and it's going to be bad. It is finishing up with South Carolina State and North Carolina Central. South Carolina travels from Orangeburg into Raleigh Durham to play North Carolina Central. They both three and four. Um, uh, North Carolina Central is one and zero in the MEAC, and South Carolina State is two and zero in the MEAC. You know what? I'm gonna go with South Carolina State. I'm gonna go with the uh, the old man, the old coach man. I'm, I yeah, I think South Carolina State. I don't think I don't see them losing another game unless they lose to Norfolk State. So there we have it. That's our picks. All right, that has been a good one, man. Next week, same time, same channel. Same time, same place, same place. Uh, so I look forward to uh seeing what our results were. We're going to start posting that up on uh, what uh, each one of us has done every week. And uh, also, last thing is, uh, you know, go JSU. We're going to see how good, uh, it, it, you know, JSU taking it to another level. And hopefully we'll be seeing each other in, uh, in, uh, in Atlanta, Georgia. In Atlanta, Georgia, man. We might even travel together. How about that? that that'll work, man. That'll work. All right. All right man. Easy. Peace out. All right. Thanks for listening to Chalk Talk Sports Podcast with Daryl Duvall. Make sure to like, subscribe, and leave a review. Join us for more next week.